Hello and welcome to the Tech Entries podcast. This time I am talking to Joost Boulis, a Dutchie turned startup founder in Kenya. I asked him what he thinks is overrated and he answered quite bluntly, podcasts. Is dear darling. When I got introduced to Joost, I struggled a bit with the question of how does his business make sense. Joost has founded the first e-bike assembler in East Africa and sells e-bikes in a subscription to businesses and individuals. So Joost got told by a lot of people this will never work, but he had a sense that he could make it work. His goal is to have 100,000 e-bikes or EBs as he calls them on African roads by 2030. We obviously talked about what got him into this adventure, or what he calls spreading his wings. But we also talked about how much positive impact there actually is to e-bikes in Kenya. After all, you could argue that there are bigger issues than bringing electric bikes to the streets of Africa. Later on, I challenge Joost a bit on what he thinks about European entrepreneurs in Africa, how Africa can achieve the miracle of sustainable development without using too much natural resources, and lastly, what Europeans and Africans can learn from each other. Enjoy! So to start off, I have five quick questions as for everyone else. And the first one is, what do you think of when I ask you about a formative childhood experience? Yeah, is it okay that before we start, uh, I apologize for the, for the Dutch listeners, because I, I always find it quite a pain in the ears to, to listen to a Dutchie speaking English. So I'll try, I'll try my best to, to cover my uh, Dutch accent. That's okay. I think everybody will be totally fine with that. No worries, no worries okay, at all. Okay, okay. good, good. Now let's start. You dive into it directly because when you ask me this question, I, I, I have to, I think uh, my father, so my father died at a young age. Um, so that obviously is, is a big change, but to, to add it on a positive note is he, uh, he always told a story about the, uh, yeah, the bedtime stories were about an adventurous boy on a, on a wild journey. And if the, if the kid did not know whether he should engage on an adventure or take a certain route or talk to an unknown person, um, he always asked him owl uh, that was following him everywhere for advice. And the, all, the owl uh, <laughs> always answered something that translates to, ooh, ooh, why not? Um, and and that was the advice of the owl to the to the to the boy, and I think, yeah, his passing away and and that story, uh, we 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 cultivated it right. So I think that, yeah, his, his him passing away is is a big impact on on the way I try to live my life. I guess it's it, <laughs> you started with it quite with an easy question, eh? and. Uh, yeah, that's a very good answer. When did you say the last, or when did you have to tell yourself the last time? Why not? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't speak it out too often. Uh, but if I'm in doubt whether I should do something, I always think of it. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I like the the phrase, and I like it. Just just give it a shot. Just try it. Yeah, sounds good. Also, uh, one of up. the reasons I said yes to this podcast. Eh? Why not? Let's uh, let's have uh, let's have a chat. I'm directly yeah. benefiting from from you. That's very good. I love it. Yeah. Um, how do you complete the sentence? Joost Boulis is. Joost Boulis is. 
Joost Boel is is positive, uh, energetic, loyal, uh, honest guy. Uh, Joost Boel is een entrepreneur who lives in in Kenya and is setting up a a great business. That's what he thinks of it, at least. Sounds good. We have a better idea of who you are now. Um, (laughs) What is the most controversial idea that you support? Hmm. Um, okay, I have two that, that pop my mind. Uh, I dislike, to put it mildly, uh, social media and, and, and smartphones. So I would like to uh, uh, uh smartphones and social media for people till the age of 60, I would say. So that, that when... Yeah, I think that would really benefit, uh, uh, yeah, children. And also, yeah, I read somewhere that that, that the, the, the huge uh, tech entrepreneurs that they all, uh, yeah, the, the the Mark Zuckerbergs and the the Bezos that they don't want their children to use social media smartphones. And I understand why. I don't think it's healthy. No, is it, you mentioned the I second think- one as well. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you don't like the first one. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm very happy with it. I'm very yeah. happy. I agree very much. Okay, okay. okay. Now, the second one is it's more. Um, um, so I don't uh, military service. So I'm not sure if that is common in Germany. But uh, so military service for one year, but not to fight, uh, not at all. But but to conduct social services. So. I can imagine that uh, that youngsters between 18 and 19, without too much purpose, they assist, for example, in elderly homes, um, and it will provide uh, meaning and discipline, and uh, more important or equally important interaction between different layers of the society, um, which which will help against uh, polarization. Um, and, and I think that it would be a great aspect of, of the one-year duty. Um, Yeah, but let me emphasize not to fight at all, uh, but the, the social social duties. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know if that's so controversial. I think you have quite many supporters with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, that's, that's yeah, maybe. Right. <laughs> that's a good but one. I, no. I, I think I also have supporters with the first one. Very true as well. Very yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what what is an activity that everyone should make more time for? Um. What helps for me a lot is sports, um, and and especially uh, when you're working a lot. Or hey, it is an it is an it will improve your mental health. It it is a stress relief. It's it's social. Uh, it's it's good for your your general, uh, uh, yeah, your general health. Um, yeah, I, I yeah I really think always make time for sports. And <laughs> I'm a bit of a of a, 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 a mother's boy, and so always make time to have a, a chat or a phone call with your mother. Hmm. That's, that's a very good one. No. <laughs> yeah, that's something we should always have time for. I agree very yeah, much. Exactly. I probably do it way. I don't. I probably don't do it often enough. Um, okay, and the last one before we we dive into. Into the to the main topic today, um, what is one thing? And I guess you kind of answered that. Uh, one thing that you consider to be overrated? Podcasts. 
<laughs> oh, good point. Very good point. Nee, that's a, no, that's a joke. Um, over, yeah, I, I mentioned uh, social media. I think uh, it's, a, it's a huge problem. And uh, yeah, let's leave it at that. I, I would have also accepted podcasts. Don't worry. <laughs> no, 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 I, no, no, no. It's, I wouldn't have cut that out. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, okay just, um, you've gone to school in Leiden and attended university in Amsterdam, but as you said, you're a duchy. So what's the silver lining that ultimately brought you to Kenya now? Mm. Um, adventure, I think, uh, adventure and, and business opportunities. So uh, when I've lived in Amsterdam for 12 years, um, I, I cycled to my office in the center of Amsterdam. It was a, a great office, a, a good job, a fun job. But um, yeah, maybe too much comfort. And that maybe sounds weird, but I, I wanted to spread my wings and take the take the, the leap of faith and take the adventure. So it's adventure and um, yeah, again the business opportunity. There's there's a I think the 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 um, The future, or at least the, the growth, is is here on on, on the continent. The, the average age is 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 19. If you look at the the largest cities around the world in 20, or sorry, 2,100, there the majority is in 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 Africa. There are real problems. Um, yeah, so it's it's a exciting environment to be as an entrepreneur. Um, Yeah, that's something I also more found out along the way in the past five years. It's not, yeah. I have to ask, like you said, you wanted to spread your wings. You know, when some people say that, they move, I don't know, 100 kilometers east to a different yeah. city just to be away yeah. from their parents, for example. You know, you went 8,000 kilometers south. Um, no, what was not, what was driving you there? Germany is not, for me, yeah, from Netherlands to Germany is not adventure. I, I would like to... I wanted to experience all, yeah, different, different worlds, different, uh, yeah, something different than than West Europe, uh, and and it was also uh, that that I saw the opportunity and and Africa is something mysterious, right? Uh, so when I got, when I got to the, the the possibility or opportunity, I took it. Yeah. Um... So let me ask me ask me about that opportunity. How how did you get in touch with that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. So um, yeah, I, I, I actually I was on a holiday and I spoke to uh, various entrepreneurs and then I found out about the opportunity. So that's why I, that's how I heard about it, it, it by and by coincidence actually. Okay, so let, let's call a spade a spade. The opportunity is about e-bikes, I assume. I mean, they're, you're also uh, doing various, various things, but... Yeah, um, so to, be, to be honest, but, but perhaps we can discuss it later. It's the reason I moved originally was another business. Uh, yeah. Was, was not a business. Yeah, so the, 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 the initial business is a, was a contractor in the uh, petroleum industry. Okay. All yeah. right, all right, all right. Yeah. yeah. Well... You, you've you've moved from that, or you've you've at least like expanded your horizons now. Um, yeah. So I would say we we dive into what is your main activity today um, with EB, your firm. You're providing yeah. e-bike subscription in Kenya. So let me just yeah. ask you very naively: 
how does that make sense in Kenya and the context of the country? Uh, yes. Um, yeah, to, to answer your question. So the question is why e-bicycles make sense in, uh, in Africa or in Kenya, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so first of all, uh, cost saving. Uh, so electrical bicycles, they are significantly cheaper to purchase and maintain uh, compared to ICE vehicles. Uh, obviously, electrical vehicles require less maintenance. Uh, they have fewer parts to replace. We don't need fuel. Uh, never pay for fuel again is one of our uh, slogans. So cost saving is a major one. Uh, environmental benefits, uh, zero emissions, uh, which can help uh, businesses to reduce their carbon footprint. Um, efficiency, so improved uh, efficiency. Uh, and then I mean more that they are agile um, and that they can easily maneuver in, in traffic. Uh, here in Kenya, there's also congested areas where electric bicycles are allowed while uh, motorcycles are not allowed. So they have some advantages. Um, electrical bicycles, they don't need licenses, you don't need uh, insurance, you don't need a number plate, uh, it keeps you fit, uh, yeah, to name a couple, um, yeah. You, you just mentioned motorcycles, um, and that is something that I would maybe like you to talk a bit more about, like what is the let's say Kenyan economy or Kenyan like daily life look like to yeah. explain a bit more how e-bikes fit in yeah. there? So, so last year in, in Kenya, there were 300,000 uh, motorcycles registered. And this, this number is, is comparable in the, in the previous years. Um, and it's uh, actually uh, a large, for a large group of people, it's an income generator. So they, they move goods from A to B, but they also move passengers from A to B. And obviously, you have uh, the formal economy of, of motorcycles or riders that work, uh, for example, on the platforms or for logistics companies. But there's also uh, a huge group that work in the informal, informal economy, uh, transporting uh, groceries or uh, vegetables or those kind of things. And they transport also passengers. So if, if, if one wants to move from A to B, uh, they take either... Um, public transport, which are called matatus, or they, they take boda, so that's just on the back of a motorcycle. And, yeah, and uh, with, yeah maybe to, to continue, so with our electric bicycles, we expected to convert uh, people who now drive a motorcycle to an electric bicycle, but what we see in practice is that we approach a whole new set of, of, of people that don't identify with motorcycles. Uh, and and uh, in Kenya, there's 80% of the market that doesn't own any asset, either because they, they can't afford it or uh, because they don't identify with a motorcycle. And that's the, the target of our product. And, and a major one, obviously, is, is female. So 50% of the market, because culturally speaking, they don't drive motorcycles. They are not a motorcycles. But we want them to, to, to sit on an electric bicycle. Yeah. Can you talk a bit more about who are your actual customers? Because you have a B2B as well as a B2C yeah. model of Understood, right? Yeah, that's correct. So we have three business lines. Uh, one is direct sales. This is either either B2B or B2C. We have a serviced rental, um, which is comparable with swap feeds. And I'm not sure if you know that, but it's a, a Dutch company. Uh, it's a subscription where, where the service is included. 
and, and we guarantee to the customer that the bike is always up and running. So that is the service rental. We only do that B2B because um, what we've seen in the market is that individuals don't appreciate that service. If they if they want to fix their bike, they, they can go to every corner where there's a fundi. That's the local name for a, an, an artisan or a craftsman who can fix your bike. Um, but to come to back to your question, so direct sales, service rental, and the third business line is order fulfillment. So we have a fleet of uh, riders that operate on our electric bicycles, and they do order fulfillment for uh, e-commerce platforms or uh, uh, aggregators like uh, like uh, Jumia and Glovo. And actually, we that we see that as a huge opportunity in the market as well. Uh, and that was also. We were a bit forced to to create the market of electrical bicycles because no one knew what a what a bike is. But with that fleet, yeah, the bikes we have exposure on the roads. People see it, people interact with it, and now they come to our office or to our workshop. Can I purchase? So that's what we try to achieve with the with the order fulfillment business. Yeah, I'm just wondering because. I was thinking, okay, so when your electric bikes by now are a bit of a hype or like everybody has at least heard, at least heard of them, they've been around for a while. What was it like when you first came to Kenya with this idea? Like what kind of sentiment were you facing? Uh, yeah, so people say it won't work. <laughs> It's not going to work. Um, people, are, There's no cycling culture anymore. Uh, a bicycle is perceived as a, a poor man's vehicle. Uh, it, it is something of the past. Um, Don't do it. Uh, the, the the roads are unsafe. The, the the terrain is 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 not not good enough for electric bicycles. So there was a lot of backlash and a lot of pushback. Um, yeah, but but we we saw the the reason I believed in it is is because I've seen it in my hometown eh? in Amsterdam. We have more bicycles than people, uh, and and the electric bicycles really took off. But there's also a global trend towards light electric vehicles. And, and I see no reason uh, why, why it should not work or why it would not work in, uh, in Kenya or in Sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah, and what do you think are, like let's say the main factors driving adoption of electric vehicles now for you? Yeah, so a major one is, is uh, cost savings. So cost effectiveness, uh, people, the, 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 the prices for fuel are rising rapidly here in the market and, and, and Yeah, if I tell the customer you you will never pay for fuel, uh, they smile from ear to ear. Yeah, and you you mentioned Jumia earlier. For the ones who don't know that, that's about like uh, something like the, they claim to be the Amazon of Africa, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and they say, hmm? yeah, sorry to interrupt. What they do is so they, have a, they they indeed do the same as Amazon, but they also do the same as Uber Eats. So they have different uh, business streams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they, they stated, like, as your customer, that there's a win-win for their fleet managers, but also for the riders um, who use your bikes. So do you do you mind, like, elaborating upon that? So on the one side, you have cost savings, but what, what benefits are there also for the riders who use your bikes? Yeah, so the, the idea is eh, what I, there's a cost effectiveness, effectiveness in the bike, right? So the operational cost for e-bicycles riders is lower than conventional internal combustion engines, right? There's no fuel expenses less maintenance, uh, you don't require a driver's license, number plate, no speed tickets, <laughs> um, and the cost to purchase is also lower. So, uh, yeah, that, why, is, why is that important? So not only the cost of purchase is lower, but also 90% of the vehicles here are paid with 
on loan. So the, 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 the debt on the loan is also lower, right? Um, that, that being said is that, that, um, that we try to set it up that there is winners. So the, the, the order uh, cost for Jumia is lower, right? The, the operational cost for the rider is lower. So, and we need to find a middle ground where, where both the, the customer and the rider benefit. This means in the end that the rider basically takes home more money. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What we see in practice is that, that the revenues are, are similar to, to the motorcycles, but that the take home is more. Um, and of course, uh, the, 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 the businesses that we work with, they want to take that cost advantages fully on them. So we have to, to fight for, for our riders and our business case. Yeah. And yeah. How, how how does that look like when you say you have to you have to fight for them? Like how do you convince? How, what, what does the sales process look like, for example? Yeah. So what what we what we try to achieve with for the fulfillment business is that we guarantee uh, that the riders are committed to you as a customer. So they will do only orders for you. They will meet certain uh, KPIs uh, and, and and however, then from the customer we expect that they. Uh, drive or that they give us uh, an a amount of orders uh, so that the, the rider has a as a as a good day that, uh, that makes, yeah you can yeah no no no, no that makes sense um okay. i i wonder about how infrastructure heavy is the whole thing because well e-bikes as the name says yeah you have to charge them and so on so like what 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 kind of infrastructure do you have to run uh, aside from just well, bringing in the bikes. Um, so we have a, 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 a workshop centrally in, in, the, in Nairobi, um, comparable to, to just a, a bicycle shop, where we have a couple of workstations where we maintain the bikes. We have a, a small room uh, where we charge the batteries and so that we can swap the batteries. And we have trained a small team. Um, so the, the main investment investment is uh, uh, the assets, right? The bicycles, but you also need to invest in the, in the team, um, the training of the team, uh, and some legal stuff. Uh, yeah, that's it. And, and we started with, with a small pilot of 30 bikes and uh, yeah, we grew it from that number. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering right now because you said, okay, there's also some legal stuff to take care of. You know, when in Europe they had all these like e-scooters, you know, there was yeah. like a lot of like legal unclarity around that. Did you have yeah. like any like similar cases like that in Kenya? No. So what I meant with legal stuff is just um, uh, setting, registering your business, uh, those kind yeah. of stuff, just that, that the stuff that every business has to go through and about the, the, the regulations around EVs and uh electric bicycles, but also electric boda or electric motorcycles, electric cars, electric buses is quite in a, in an early, early stage. So we sit down with the government and, and, and try to, to build those regulations around EVs. And what's the sentiment there? Like, do they welcome you with like, as an e-mobility entrepreneur or is yeah, there a bit yeah. of, no, you know, no, like they, what's the. No, 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 they, 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 they welcome us. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually was on an event uh, two weeks ago for the uh, a collaboration between the EU and the Kenyan government. And there also the president spoke and he said, the future is in green growth. 
Okay. So there, there seems to be a clear direction of where at least the public sector wants to take things. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you mentioned the the investment that you have yeah. to the investments you have to make in terms of like well investments in the bike, the team, and so on. Where does the financing for your business come from? Um, because well, like Africa is a, let, let's say less popular among venture capital investors, for example. So like, what's what's your access to funds? Um, maybe Africa is, is less interested for capital investors, but uh, so so we call ourselves a for-profit company with a strong social outlook. So it's not only uh, the profits that we are chasing, but also the impact that we make as a business and there's the, the environmental uh, impact but we also um, the social impact eh, where we have uh, female riders there's the economical impact where uh, riders take home more money at the end of the day we have the eb academy where we train our technicians and team on uh, batteries on evs so there's also uh, the transfer of knowledge um, so uh, and that also brings me to add uh, to the investors. So one of our investors uh, is Invest International. And, and that is uh, a private company from the Netherlands, but uh, funded by public money of the Dutch government. And their purpose is to uh, finance or support impact-driven Dutch entrepreneurs abroad. Yeah. Um, so you're mainly relying on private or, well, private investors, so to speak, that well acquire a stake in your in your company so you you rely on venture capital or do you also like take on grants or is oh it yeah evidence? so we also yes so the, the, we we um we also uh, apply for grants yeah um yeah. so to uh, the, the the ikea foundation or Simon stiftung there's quite some organizations that that have grants and also the dutch government has some grant money available uh to support yeah, when when you a talk to investors, but b also apply for grants, what do these people want to see to ultimately write you a check? Like, what are the main points where you need to convince them? Yeah, although most of them that I spoke to are impact investors, also your your business ID needs to make sense. Uh, preferably, you yeah, you have. Uh, uh, the MVP or a POC, right? The, the, the proof of concept. That is something that, that the, the, the investors want to see, but also the market opportunity, the total addressable market. I think the template that main investor, that most investors use are quite similar. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, we, yeah. so for, for us, what, what, I, what, what I find positive or what, what is helping our business case is that there is a global trend towards light electric vehicles. Eh? There is a, the, the urgency to, to move from fossil fuels to uh, electric mobility is obvious. Uh, and uh, yeah, I see, again, no reason why it would not work in, uh, in, in, in South-Saharan Africa. And, I, I, yeah. and that's, that is actually, it's also my, the story that I share with investors, right? I also just convince them by presenting and, and, and be excited and et cetera. And now you've mentioned that, for example, you're partially financed by the Dutch government or like, let's say, Dutch grants. Um, So this kind of hints at that your business also has like roots in Europe. Um, So do you you mind like expanding a bit on that, on how 
to what extent like is your business also related to to Europe or the Netherlands in terms of the bikes, the money that you take and so on? Yeah, so the 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 um, the bicycle ID uh, obviously is 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 from uh, the Netherlands, so that that is about the roots of the business. My myself, I'm from the Netherlands, um, so yeah, that that clearly. Uh, shows that we have some roots in Europe, but it's it's a Kenyan business. We're, it's a legal entity here. Um, yeah. But you 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 import the bikes from from the Netherlands or how? No how no 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 no. So we 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 import. Uh, uh, we have a, a local assembly line here in Kenya. So we import different parts of the electric bicycle from all over. So our batteries, funny enough, are from Germany. Uh, not from Germany, from Uganda, where a German uh, company is working on batteries. The motor is from Taiwan. The frame is from India, um, and we are really proud to, yeah, to share the story that we are the first e-bike assembler in East Africa, right? And it, eventually, hopefully, we would really manufacture the whole uh, e-bike square, but that's too early. Um, but yeah, we've started with the assembly line, and uh, we have also uh, the reason that. Is that with the assembly line here and with our business here, we can guarantee the circularity of the product. So when there's issues, we have we don't have to send the bicycles back to to Asia or whatever. No, we solve it here. And we have also invested in the uh, a, 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 a battery that that we can refurbish here in Kenya. So if there's a problem with the cells or whatever, we can we can fix it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the tagline of being the first world e-bike e assembler in, in Kenya. Like, yeah, that's, that's actually, I mean, that's yeah. something that's... Yeah, that's, that's catchy. Yeah, that's, and, it's, and it's true. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really proud of that, 100%. Yeah. And what does it look like in terms of, I mean, I have no idea how an e-bike is assembled. I'm going to be very honest here. Like, yeah. how much technical talent do you need for that? Like, do you need to retrain people? Do you have access to yeah, like, so people who can do that? Or how does it work? When we, we had to look for the uh, a person with the right knowledge to build an electrical bicycle. We called it the, the sheep with five legs. And we were lucky enough to find someone who built two uh, electric bicycles uh, in or who developed to electric bicycles in the Netherlands and who had already that expertise and who was looking for uh, adventure and um, he was willing to move to to, uh, to Kenya. So you need quite some expertise to do it. Yeah. yeah. And he's the, he's the person who trains our team, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So that's the academy that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I guess. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you said, okay, so you're the first assembler in Kenya. Yeah. What's like your, your your vision for for EB? Also considering like how difficult internationalization on the African continent is, but would you like to expand in the future, or what's your what's your take yeah, on this? Yes, uh, absolutely. So from the beginning, we had uh, extremely ambitious goals. Uh, the big, hairy, audacious goal is to have hundred thousand electric bicycles on the road in Sub-Saharan Africa in twenty thirty. Um, and uh, maybe yeah, to, to our mission statement is is moving Africa forward, uh, and it's uh, introduce clean mobility uh, to reduce carbon dioxide emissions and pollution in congested African cities. We want to economically empower businesses and people through affordable e-mobility, and we want to build a pan-African company that creates durable jobs, especially for unemployed youth and women. Um, and 
I'm already at it. So also our vision statement is lead the adaption of light electric vehicles in Africa with 100,000 e-bicycles on the roads by 2030. Yeah. And first question, into what kind of revenue numbers would that translate? Just so I get a sense of <laughs> But also, second um, you associate like you can do the you can do the calculations. One bike costs a thousand dollars. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Um. Do you also associate that with any impact KPIs or? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we have the the number of indirect and direct jobs we want to create. We have a, a percentage of female riders, female technicians. Um, we want to be a B Corp in 2025. Um, I, I don't have that on top of my mind, but uh, uh, we, have, we also have a couple of strong social KPIs. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, awesome. Um, well, this is a lot of positive stuff. I, I also have to ask you some more critical questions. Or yeah, I'm, I'm, let's I'm, say some more difficult that's questions. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I think whenever, let's say, Europeans come to Africa, one needs to be a bit of aware of okay is this now going to be like uh, do europeans come to africa to take advantage of certain things do they is it a form of like say let's say neo-colonialism or so like what's your what's your take on europeans coming to africa and founding businesses there uh, do you think it's like problematic at all or, or not no, you know? no 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 otherwise i wouldn't be here um, <laughs> and, and i can only talk about my own case right about about my person and i believe that if the intentions of the founder are right um, then it's then it's okay and or good and, and if you take um the team uh, along in, in your plans and and, and and you localize your operation um i i approach it very positively i, I see a transfer of knowledge i see a transfer of culture I see a lot of, of joy in the team. Um, and yeah, again, if the intentions of the founder are right, uh, I, I don't see a, a problem. Um, yeah. And but, but honestly, yeah, the question is complicated there. Uh, so we, we could have a whole separate podcast on, on that question. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that, that, yeah, that uh, it, it should be, uh, yeah, it's okay. It's good to do. Yeah. yeah. No, I would I would agree in that it's it depends probably a lot on on a case by case basis. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for example, like if I think about all the Europeans who buy or Americans who buy like mega mansions in Cape Town, for example, um, mm -hmm. then leave them empty for I don't know, basically nine months a year or so, or even longer, and yeah. it's basically just like just property, empty property standing there, but that could be very valuable living space for locals, or it could be okay, well, utilized in a way more productive way. That's, and, that's a completely, you know, completely different complete, case, obviously. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it is a completely uh, different comparison. About building a business and, and and putting all your energy and time in the business, living here, being 24/7 with with the business, with the team, uh, trying to bring the team forward. That is that is not comparable to, for example. Yeah, no, I completely agree, completely with you. But still wanted to mention that there are cases where I'm like less convinced of, let's say, Europeans coming to to Africa. Yeah, but, it's a compli uh, it's a complicated question. I, uh, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, and next up, maybe I I think you already mentioned it earlier. You already originally came to Africa 
Botchkania for a petroleum contractor, if I, yeah, if, if yeah. I remember right. Um, and you're, you're still a co-owner, I think, of, yeah. of a company called Next Gen Fuel. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe you could quickly describe what they do. And if you think that there's like any kind of, let's say, conflict between the mission that you have with uh, them and the mission with, with EV. So they are a contractor in the, the petroleum industry. And when I moved to Kenya, we introduced technologies to the market that were not yet available. Um, and um, for me, uh, that leap of faith or that, that move to Kenya uh, was a great choice. And the, the business uh, ticked a lot of boxes. I really enjoyed doing it. And, and about the, the conflict, uh, uh, yeah, obviously it's, it's petrol and electricity, but, but I believe it's an entrepreneur's responsibility to, um, to, to bring progress and development. And, and we did that with NextGen. We, we had an impact. Uh, for example, we made a huge, we made huge steps on safety. So, uh, when, uh, uh, yeah, to, for example, the uh, working at heights, uh, we had them uh, sealed or uh, going on in underground fuel tanks. We had oxygen masks uh, and, and a lot of, uh, of the operations were quite, um, Yeah, a bit uh, outdated, and we we made huge steps there. So that is that is uh, progress and development on safety. We we improved efficiency, for example, uh, leakages of of the of, ta of uh, the the tanks, uh, and we also started discussions with the OMCs, the oil marketing companies, about uh, electric mobility, about charging infrastructure, uh, perhaps uh, solar charging on on the, on the roof of the canopy. Uh, which is the, the roof of the petrol station. So I do understand your question, um, but but I don't see a huge conflict of of of, uh, of the missions. And uh, but but that being said, I'm also uh, extremely happy that now with EBA I, I take all boxes and I really believe in the mission of this of this business and this is really my my baby. Uh, yeah, for the future. Yeah. No, I love that. And no, thank you for, for well, um, putting a bit more paint on this picture because I usually think that it's very difficult to generalize when it comes to entrepreneurship in Africa. Um, progress, as you said, is so important in so many different areas there. Yeah, Sorry, it's, 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 it's too easy or too easy to say you can't, you can't do that because this, this country is also in development and you need roads Uh, for for progress, right? And in an ideal world, we would only introduce electric cars here. But there, but but the matter of the fact is that that in Europe we send our second-hand cars and and trucks to Africa. So yeah, it's a bit easy. Um, but again, I'm I'm happy that I'm now actively working on electric bicycles and not on petrol stations. Yeah, and you're giving me the perfect um, transition here. Uh, as you said, like it's very easy to say, ah, oh, you can't do that from a European mm. perspective or from yeah. a Western perspective, let's put it this way. Um, but that is way too easy, yet that yeah. is something that's sort of expected from Africa, right? Like the world kind of expects, okay, Africa, you can't develop the way that, well, the West did it, for example. So achieving human human development by exploiting resources, exploiting nature, and basically, well, using fossil fuels and all that, right? Mm. Um, so theoretically, we're expecting Africa to, well, do something that has never been done, advancing human development without, well, using all these bad things. 
Um, what's your what's your take on this? Like a your general opinion, but b also what how can it be done? Maybe this African miracle, so to speak. Um, I will use uh, a fancy buzzword, and that is leapfrog. Uh, I think you're familiar with that. So what happened in Kenya, for example, there were no landlines, uh, and they introduced mobile phones, and actually they were ahead of Europe, uh, for example, with, with mobile payments. And uh, to to refer to uh, your example of, uh, of, of fossil fuels and the the planetary boundaries, I believe that the solutions are, are already widely available. And, and uh, we have the opportunity now to leapfrog to sustainable ways of transport. The talent and the drive is here. Uh, yeah, the, the, the average age is, is 19. And there's a lot of, of people, youngsters, eager to, to work and to learn. And so what we need is uh, funds, uh, financing, and, and, and a transfer of knowledge uh, to make it a success. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a short side question, actually, like, as you said, that the population is so young on average, for example. What's the general, let's say, knowledge or awareness of these, let's say, sustainability issues? Um, so uh, we, oh, here in Kenya, we experience a huge drought, for example. Um, so uh, and, and that brings the, the, the climate change directly to their doorstep. Also, in, in the, on the continent, the, the second reason uh, of, of early death is uh, by the congested air that people breathe. And, and most people I interact with are aware of that. So it is, it is, a, it is a topic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And as you said, so there's financing needed as well as a transfer of knowledge. So like, I would be interested in your take on, so what's the, what's the role of entrepreneurs in, in this transition or in this whole process? Well, what can entrepreneurs do best? If the, the role is evident for me, um, the, but uh, that being said, you need the governments, you need governments and institutions uh, to help you with subsidies, uh, sorry, with subsidies, with regulations to expedite this transition, um, and and there's also responsibility, or uh, is that correct? Responsibility. Uh, at least we need funding from uh, support from 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 West, from the West, uh, to introduce uh, sustainable ways of transport. Because the market is very price sensitive, and at this moment, a second-hand car is, is more affordable than a, than a Tesla. Yeah, no, I mean that makes totally sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just had to think about it. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, what is so? I asked you about the general sentiment towards sustainability or awareness of sustainability, yeah. and like among the people, what is it like among? I, I mean, I imagine that you're plugged into the let's say, entrepreneurial ecosystem in, in Nairobi or Kenya? Like, what's the general, let's say, movement there, sentiment there? Is there, like, a trend that more and more people are maybe also interested or actually yeah. founding, let's say, sustainable businesses? So, absolutely. So there in the so we are in the electrical bicycle business, so the, the pedal-powered bicycles, but there's also a market here for electric motorcycles, and it's extremely crowded. There are 15 to 20 players working on that, uh, battery uh, swapping, energy infrastructure. Um, yeah, so especially here in Kenya, which I believe is the hub for, for East Africa 
it's it's a huge thing. Uh, I already mentioned that uh, the president of Kenya who said the future is in green growth. Um, yeah, and then and and the and the droughts and and the um, the problem the problems people are directly facing with climate change. So yes, it's a hot topic. Um, which yeah. yeah, do you do you think that e-mobility in general is kind of like a front runner, so to speak, so a sector that is developing the fastest right now? Um, I, I know that there's a lot of development in agriculture. Uh, but I don't know uh, how exactly on sustainability. I don't know enough about it. Uh, in, uh, solar panels. So solar panels are huge, mainly off-grid solar panels. Um, and yeah, it's also fun or nice to emphasize that uh, 92% of uh, electricity in Kenya is already sustainable. So uh, it's, uh, yeah wind solar and geothermal yeah okay yeah for everybody who did, didn't see my face i was very surprised to get that <laughs> yeah. number, just yeah. so that's why, why i yeah. used yeah. <laughs> reacted yeah. that way yeah um yeah crazy um sustainability because we're coming to an end um i would like to leave sustainability aspects aside for a moment and just like get your genuine take on what is it like being a european founder in kenya what is it like to found a business there um Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's similar to founding a business uh, everywhere, to be honest. Uh, I enjoy it a lot, the, the responsibility, the freedom, the challenges. Uh, it's a roller coaster, ups and downs, but in, in general, it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, to make the remark uh, to Kenya is, is what I mentioned, is that there's still a lot of progress and development and, and opportunity for, for business ideas. So that is even more exciting. Yeah, are there sometimes European elements that you miss? <laughs> let's start. Let's start with what. Uh, let's start with what Europeans can learn from Africa. Perhaps is that uh, uh, a better way? Because I'll come back to the question about what what mm -hmm. are European elements that you wish you saw in in, in Africa, um, but. Me living here as a with, as a Dutch as a European, eh, I am I'm, the 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 kindness and the social interaction between people here uh, in Kenya. Everybody speaking with everybody, um, and there's a lot there's less uh, less stress, less people living in their own bubble. Uh, I think we can really learn from that. Actually, one of my family friends asked, "Is it true that you in the Netherlands don't talk to strangers?" Um, yeah. Um, Very true. Yeah. Not only and, the Netherlands. No, no. In the, yeah, and we are we are in a red race somehow. So, um, and yeah. so appreciate life, uh, grateful, positive. Yeah, it's a bit cliche, but it, it's true and, and kind to each other. Yeah. Um, so that that are some elements. Um, yeah. What is something that um, Kenya Yoast does fundamentally different compared to? Uh, you know, before Kenya used? Um, I'm a, I think I'm more relaxed, to be honest. When I wake up, the, the, the sun is shining. It's a nice temperature. Um, the, it, it's less the red race that, that I was used to. Uh, it's yes, less gray. It's not raining. So I'm more, yeah, I feel, yeah, more uh, positive, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, 
well, let's come to to a few quick closing questions. Um, okay. And it's just two, I think, that I have. And the f first one is: the future is uncertain. What advice do you have for students and younger generations generations in general? Can be quick. Can be short. Yeah, it I, I, be I, like I, a lot of wisdom. Enjoy it and, and don't worry too much. Um, appreciate the ride. That's what we at, at, at EB also. Let's make some fun. Enjoy what you're doing. Uh, yeah, it makes me feel a bit old, to be honest, and a bit pedantic. But uh, uh, yeah, go figure it out. Go figure it out. And, and what? Good. Sorry, it's not a short answer. But I also like. I, I read. Uh, all we have is now. So um, live in the moment. It's something my girlfriend says a lot, and I, I do like that uh, angle. Sounds fantastic. And closing question: What gives you hope that we're looking at a bright future? Uh, <laughs> I read today. I read something about was uh, this morning, I guess, about AI detecting breast cancer five years earlier than before, um, and and that is maybe I don't know why I say, it, but I, I'm a bit, AI is also a bit uh, worrying, right? But but if we use uh, the technological technological advancements in the right way, it can really uh, yeah help us with a, a better future to to solve to solve problems, social problems, environmental problems, etc. Yeah, yeah, seeing potential for good everywhere, exactly. seeing the upside. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sounds perfect. Just thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I think we're going to come to an end here. Last question. So. To end this episode, like, can you just recommend like a favorite book of yours, a person or resource that you personally draw inspiration from? Um, yes, uh, I really like uh, the book. I, I just read it uh, a couple of weeks ago. Solve for Happy, Engineer Your Path to Joy. To sorry, Engineer Your Path to Joy uh, by Mo Gadak. Uh, it's a former Google engineer. He worked for Google Labs, and he created a formula for happiness. Um, and and one of his uh, one of my favorite quotes is: "It is all going to be fine in the end. If it is not yet fine, then it is not yet the end." I don't know if I should anything else to this. This, <laughs> this is a perfect ending point. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Thank you yeah. so much, Jos. Yeah. Thanks a lot.